At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Time action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hour number two of primetime action here on a Thursday. Matt Brown, Adam Burke, and Ben Wilson behind the glass back there. We are looking at, uh, look, there are some really good college basketball games that are coming up, including UCLA and Arizona that is going to be tipping off here momentarily. As we sit right now, I am seeing still six and a halves and actually two sevens. Look, so it it went the other way. Actually, it was the, it, it went in favor of Arizona, two sevens and a seven and a half just popped as well. So the money did come in late here on Arizona, did not go back the other way towards UCLA. A total of 148.5 or 149 is kind of what we're going to get right there. Uh, we just had Kenny White on. He took the seven with UCLA in that one. Uh, Dallin seemed like he was down cuff, seemed like he was more leaning towards the Arizona side. What, what, what say you? Yeah, I was kind of looking more towards the Arizona side here. The price was just a little bit, little bit too rich for my blood. But I mean, Arizona was so bad in that first game, and and the reality of it is, Arizona played a pretty weak non-conference schedule. That was really their first test in a while, mm-hmm. and they failed it miserably. So I think I'll be much more prepared for it tonight. Over on the NBA side of things, uh, we only have two tip-offs yet to come. They're later tonight. They are at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. The Lakers and the Clippers with the Clippers, three-and-a-half-point favorites right now at home over the Lakers. 220 is your total there. And then the Kings and the Warriors also at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. That is right now Warriors, 13-and-a-half or 14-point home favorites over the Kings, 225, 225-and-a-half. The total there, but we do have some stuff in action out there, Ben. What do we uh, what do we got going? We do uh, four NBA games in progress as we speak. We'll start in Detroit, where the Pistons are taking on the Timberwolves right now. Late first half, Pistons sixty-one, T-Wolves fifty-nine. A lot of points so far. Timberwolves laying five and a half live. Two forty-one though is your in-game total right now. Meanwhile, in San Antonio, heat up fifty-four forty-five on the Spurs. Also late second quarter. Just about at a halftime there. Heat laying 10.5 live. 212.5 is your total. We are through a quarter in Atlanta. This is the national game. First of the TNT doubleheader tonight. Hawks 32, Suns 30. It is Suns minus a point and a half live. 234.5 is your total. And we're underway north of the border. Toronto 21, Bulls 19. That is late in the first quarter. Raptors right now laying 4.5 live. Up by 2 points. 215.5. Uh, is your total and uh, my the curling bet I made, gentlemen, is uh, is underway now. So if you would like that, I can I can give you the curling yes, bet for tonight. Yes, yes. All right, we are going with. I know this is you've been waiting all yes. day for this. Italy plus one forty six was the bet over Norway tonight. 
That is in the mixed doubles round robin portion. Third day of the Bonspiel, uh, which is the, you know, it's the name you have, they call curling tournaments. The Bonspiel of Olympic curling. Right. Italy, comes, Italy comes in 2-0, and beat the U.S. 8-4, beat the Swiss, a very good curling team, 8-7, led by Stefania Constantini, who her day job is a shop assistant at the North Face. Oh. These are not, you know, they're not full-time gotcha. athletes. Gotcha. Uh, she is the skip or the captain of the women's national team and is joined by Amos Mosaner, who is a former farmer and has won a pair of bronze medals at the European Championships. So I'm taking Italy. They are 25 to 1 on the futures market. They're in first place, 2 and 0. Market is not adjusted to them. Taking on 1 and 2 Norway, who uh -oh. beat the U.S. but lost to Canada and the Czechs so far. You're down. And so Italy comes out. They steal three, despite Norway having the hammer in the first end, which means you have the last throw where you have a big advantage. It was feeling great. And then Norway in the second end comes back, and it's a five-run home run, basically. Uh, they, they get five, which is almost unheard of. So 5-3 Norway in the third end. But we got a lot of curling left, uh, gentlemen. We do have a lot of curling left as we head to the as we head to the half in that uh, Heat Spurs game. Derek White has 19 at the half for the Spurs. He is six of nine from the floor, three of five from downtown, and then four of four from the line. Jimmy Butler is four of nine from the field tonight. Bam out of bio, four of five from the field. They both have eight points um, in this one. Duncan Robinson with nine. Tyler Hero with. So all of their guys getting it done. Kyle Lowry did play 17 minutes in the first half. Scoreless. Scoreless for Kyle Lowry. Only took one shot in the first half there for the Heat, but they do find themselves up 10 as we head into the uh, as we head into halftime. They shot 56% from the floor, 57% from three, whereas the Spurs shot 34% from the floor and 30% from three. So again, you would think there'd be at least a little bit of regression on both sides there, a little bit positive in the Spurs direction, a little bit negative in the Heat direction if you wanted to look. What what's the live number on that one, Ben, on the the Heat Spurs now that we've gotten to halftime? Sorry, right, twelve and a half now. Heat are up ten, so minus two and a half second half and two thirteen and a half is now our updated total. You can have Spurs six to one on the live money line. Six, so tw twelve and a half in favor of the Heat. Yeah, that's interesting. Two and a half second half. Hmm. I might take a, I might take a gander at that one. Like I said, I mean the, the the Spurs shot thirty four percent from the from the floor, thirty percent from three, and then seventy eight percent from the line. Whereas the Heat went fifty six percent from the floor, fifty seven percent from three, and then a hundred percent from the line. So you would think there would be a little bit of uh, some regression there in in that one when it's all. What do you think in general of the betters after what they saw out of San Antonio the other night against the G League Warriors team? Not only they couldn't, not only could they not win. I mean, they couldn't cover, couldn't even win the game. I think I think a lot of betters are like, you know what, Pop? Like we're we're good. For we're done. We're good. We're done with this. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's take a look here. We're going to take a look at some of these NBA win totals and see if there's anything that we can try and figure out if we're if we're interested in or not. So these are the updated. So this is the the cool thing again. This is one of the best thing that has come out of the expansion of of gambling, expansion of sports betting has been these rest of country books do they update everything right throughout the course of the season they update it constantly and so we're getting updated win totals in the NBA where the bucks sitting at 49 and a half bulls at 49 and a half sixers at 49 and a half so all three of those sitting 
at 49 and a half. The Nets at 47 and a half. The Hornets 44 and a half. The Celtics 44 and a half. Then you get down to the Raptors at 42 and a half. Hawks 41 and a half. Knicks 37 and a half. The Magic 21 and a half. And then the Pistons also sitting at 21 and a half. Adam, when you take a look at these, I mean, it is one of those deals where Bucks, Bulls, Sixers would all have to get to 50 wins on the season. The Bulls are sitting at 32 as we sit right now. Um, the Sixers are sitting at 31 as we sit right now. And then the Bucks are also sitting at 32 wins. So they are more than halfway there as we, uh, as we look, you know, at these, you know, the overs are juiced on the Bucks, minus 145 if you want the over on the Bucks, I mean, there's a lot of support in them getting to 50 wins. Now, the juice is on the under for the Bulls and the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, the one that kind of stands out to me here a little bit, we talked to JVT about the Hornets yesterday and about how they're just not a particularly mm-hmm. strong defensive team. They've overachieved by a couple of games based on their expected win-loss, looking at point differential. I think 45 wins is a, a pretty big ask here for this Charlotte team. So that's one I'd be looking at oh, with that under minus 105. But one just general point about taking a look at these, Matt, that I want to bring up, you got the NBA trade deadline coming up, and there are a lot of moving parts and nuances to the NBA salary cap with you know mid-level exemptions and all these different loopholes and all these different kinds of things. Make sure you take a look at what these teams plan to do at the trade deadline and what they have available to them at the trade deadline because if you want to lock in any NBA win total at this point in time, you have to think about will this team be a seller? Will this team be a buyer? Do they have the capability to be a buyer? Mm-hmm. You know, Do they have the salary cap room and all of that? So that's something you really want to take a look at with these win total markets in season, trying to figure out what these teams are going to do to get better or possibly get worse at the trade deadline. I guess the one that stands out to me here, you look at Brooklyn, they're going to have to get to 48 wins. They are sitting right now, the remaining strength of schedule for them is 12th in the NBA. I guess my question here to you is, we know for sure that they're only going to get, well, I mean, unless something drastically changes, they're only going to get the road games with Kyrie remaining. We know that, Duran is out right now. We don't know how he's going to be when he does come back, right? I mean, like, sometimes these guys got to play themselves into playing shape. We don't know if he's going to be the Kevin Durant that we know. In certain, and we know that James Harden just isn't going to be able to get it done completely on his own in, own in these home games. And, look, he's going to wear down if he has to continue to play these 40-minute games and stuff. So, I mean, the under on the Nets is at least mildly intriguing to me just based on their circumstances and situation right now. Yeah, I think so. And especially with that roster is constructed. I mean, that roster is constructed for the playoffs. You know, so this is a team that all they want to do is, you know, be in that top six, avoid kind of the play in round, the playing games and all that. They're perfectly content with being a six seed. However many wins that takes, that's probably what they'll shoot for. And it probably won't be 48. So I agree with you. This is a team that's probably going to err on the side of caution Mm -hmm. and health as opposed to making a big push in the regular season. Well, I think whenever you look at it, it, there will come to a point where they realize where they're kind of going to fall anyway. And then they're going to start weighing the options of, is it even worth bringing Durant back like at the beginning of his window of coming back? Or is it worth just pushing back and and bringing him back towards the end of this window of him coming back? Because as you mentioned, I mean, they just want to get in the tournament as healthy as humanly possible. And so if that means 
sacrificing, with air quotes, you know, sacrificing some games along the way in order to not have to put Durant out on the court and make sure that he's as healthy as can be whenever he gets back out there. I think that that's probably the logical way to go about it. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you know, look, it's it all comes down to the tournament, as you said, that postseason in the NBA. And, you know, I mean, we see this all the time when teams kind of sleepwalking through the regular season. You know, sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. For the Nets, as you said, they're just going to focus on getting healthy, and that's going to be their number one priority as we go throughout the rest of the regular season. We'll look at the Western Conference a little bit later in the program. Whenever we come back, we are going to talk to Nick Whalen. He is over at RotoWire, NBA editor. Talk to him about what he likes, some of the games later tonight. The two games are still to tip off. We can also talk to him about uh, just overall picture here in the NBA, maybe even some of these win totals that we're talking about here as well. I mean, some of these teams, even though it is to the over there, heavily juiced to the over on the Bucks, they actually have the toughest strength of schedule remaining in all of the NBA, right there behind them, the Lakers. We'll talk about them a little later as well. Nick Whalen on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you getting ready to watch the big game? Well, we want to make sure that VEASAN is part of your plans on championship weekend. We will have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com. Leading up to our sixth annual live big game BetCast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. We kick that 56-hour stretch off right here on primetime action on Friday, carry you through the whole weekend where we will also be here on the desk doing the big game betcast. Me, Gil, Kelly, Mike Pritchard's here. We're going to have a whole bunch of celebrity guests come in. I just made that up, but I'm going to keep saying it until I will it into being. There's going to be a whole bunch of celebrities come in, so be sure and tune in. Which celebrities? 
you only know if you tune in. So that's how that's how you that's how you know I get you to tune in with all that. All right, so let's uh, bring in Nick Whalen. You can find him over at Roto Wire. You can find him on the Twitter machine at Whalen. The L would be the number one if you want to. He's gotten very creative. See, when you have a plain name like me, Matt Brown, I never get to get anything right. So like Matt Brown, I can't get any sort of. So you got creative. The L is a one, and you just used your last name. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's caused a lot more trouble than you would think. There's been a lot of shows and podcasts that I've gone on. And I mean, one, one show that I did even made a compilation of the host, like bungling my, my Twitter name over and over. But I think it works pretty well. I mean, the L and the one, it's, it's pretty seamless. So let's take a look here. We do have a couple of late tip offs. We've got the Lakers and the Clippers. We have the Kings and the Warriors starting with. The Lakers and the Clippers right now, Clippers three and a half point home favorites over the Lakers. 220 is about the total in that one. We were just talking about kind of these these win totals and and what these teams look like moving forward. The Lakers with the second toughest strength of schedule remaining in the NBA as well. So what do you see here in this one? Yeah, you mentioned that Lakers schedule. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the win total, you're getting very nervous because it's always artificially high when it's the Lakers. They're a public team. Everybody loves betting them. Obviously, expectations were quite a bit higher uh, than where they sit right now, and they love backloading that schedule for LeBron. So once the NFL gets out of the way, you get those like big Saturday night matchups, those Sunday afternoon ABC games. Uh, so it's not going to get any easier for the Lakers. And frankly, I don't love their chances tonight. I mean, obviously, the three biggest players in this game, LeBron, Kawhi, and Paul George, are all out. Uh, but you know, we saw the Lakers win last night in Portland. That's all well and good. I, I don't really take a whole lot from that. I think Portland is one of the only handful of teams that is markedly worse than the Lakers this season. And anybody who's followed the NBA or followed this Lakers team knows that, you know, what do the Lakers do on a night to night basis? They beat the really bad teams. They're 50, 50 at best against the kind of bad teams. And they lose to any team that's better than them virtually. And frankly, I think the Clippers are better than them. You know, the, the potential absence of Avica Zubac tonight is something to monitor, especially with as well as Anthony Davis has played since he came back from injury. So no Zubac, if you take him out, maybe that makes me think twice, but right now it's just, it's impossible guys for me to trust this Lakers team without LeBron James night to night. Nick, the other game that hasn't tipped off yet tonight, Sacramento and Golden State. The Kings ended a seven-game losing streak with last night's win over the Brooklyn Nets, a team that we may get to here during this segment. Uh, But Sacramento looks like they're going to get back in the loss column tonight as they're a 14-point underdog against Golden State, total 225 for this one. You like Golden State minus the points? Would you go with the Kings? Any thoughts on this one? Man, this one continues to swell. It was at 13.5 for most of the day. I I mean, if there's one team that you would take to cover a huge number like this, it is Golden State. And if there's a team that you would expect to be on the other end of it, it's Sacramento, a team that's like a week and a half removed from losing by 50 plus uh, in Boston. I mean, it's there's a lot of evidence that's stacking up uh, against the Sacramento Kings. They are four and six against the spread on the second half of back to backs this season. Uh, They're nine and 15 against the spread on the road. They're seven and 12 against the spread as a road dog. That's one of the worst marks in the league. And then on the other end of this, Golden State, 17, nine and two as a home favorite. They're eight, five, and one when they have the rest advantage. Steph Curry should be fresh. He didn't play in the last game, especially if De'Aaron Fox doesn't end up suiting up for this one, which, you know, based on the fact that it's the second half of a back-to-back, I don't think he will. I, I think Golden State wins big here, so the spread does make some sense. Nick, we were talking about these adjusted win totals, and one of the ones that kind of stood out to us was the Nets, and the adjusted win total would be them having to get to 
48 wins. They're sitting with 29 right now. If you look at their rest, you know, rest of season strength of schedule, they're sitting 12th. So, I mean, it's in the upper half of the league as far as uh, toughness goes here. And, you know, Liz, we were just kind of speculating. I want to get your thoughts as well. Is, is if they find themselves you know, here in the next five or six games, looking down the barrel where they're like, look, we're not going to catch these teams above us, really. We're going to fall somewhere kind of in this middle of the pack right here. Do they start, in your opinion, do you you think they start to kind of look at that Kevin Durant timeline and say, "Ah, let's push that back a little bit, make sure that he's as good as humanly possible before we get him back in the lineup, make sure that we're as healthy as we possibly can be as we head into the tournament. I just don't know if that number's not too high given kind of their their situation and their circumstance right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not like this team was, you know, world beaters when Kevin Durant was healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously they didn't have Kyrie Irving, but it, they weren't running through the Eastern Conference. They weren't running through the league. They're not the Phoenix Suns who are sitting at 41-9, and nine, riding an 11-game winning streak. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think that is a little high. And, you know, what are their chances to win their remaining eight games before the All-Star break? We know for sure Kevin Durant's not playing in any of those. I mean, what are the chances they go better than four and four? Probably not all that great. And the more you start to shrink that sample size of remaining games, the harder it is to get to that lofty adjusted win total. So I I think the under is the play there. If you're the Nets, I think all you care about at this point is just avoiding the play-in tournament. You don't want to get there and have something wacky happen where – you know, Kevin Durant tweaks his ankle and all of a sudden you're you're in like a back against the wall game just to make the actual playoffs. So I think they will push hard enough to stay in that top six in the East. But man, I mean, they're, they're only a game and a half up on Charlotte right now. So it could get a little dicey. Nick, I'm a Cleveland guy. So I want to ask you about the number five seed right now in the Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have already exceeded their season win total. Nobody really expected them to play as well as they have. A lot of young talent on this team. How legitimate is this Cavs team and, and how long can they keep this thing going? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I want to say they beat their win total in like 40 or 41 games. I don't know what the record is, but that has to be up there, uh, especially over the last 10 or so years. You know, in general, I would say, you know, normally this feels like a team that has arrived a year or two too early. And normally teams like that get humbled in the playoffs and then they come back the next year or the year after. And that's when they have their moment. You know, I'm thinking like the early 2010s OKC uh, Thunder. You know, we've seen a lot of teams like that over the years and finally they break through. So traditionally, I would say, yeah, this probably isn't the year that they're actually going to make the finals or maybe even the Eastern Conference finals. With that said, I mean, there's a reason that this team is only two games out of first place. And part of it is they vastly exceeded expectations. But part of it, too, is none of these other teams in the East have really emerged as a juggernaut. You know, if you said, hey, we're a week and a half out from the All-Star break and the Brooklyn Nets are in sixth and the Milwaukee Bucks are in fourth, I don't think that would make a lot of sense to a lot of people. And you know, there's still reason to believe that when those two teams especially are healthy, they're going to be really difficult to knock off in the East. But both of them have significant health questions. Both of them have not played consistently at all. And when you put Cleveland against a team like Chicago, Miami, Philadelphia, all those teams have major question marks. So, you know, if you're asking me, would I wager $100 right now on the Cavs to win the finals? Probably not. But based on the relative lack of strength of the other teams in the Eastern Conference, like you have to consider it a possibility at this point. Nick, what are we looking at here with this 76er situation and Ben Simmons? I mean, are they going – I mean, we're, we're heading towards a trade deadline. It doesn't seem like anything is 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 imminent for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think he ends up just staying there and they make some sort of move in the in the offseason? Like, w- what happens here with all this? 
it's so tough to read. It feels like we get a contradicting report every other day. You know, one day he's about to be traded to Sacramento. The next day, Maury's pulling him off the table, and then we're going to look at it in the offseason. I guess right now, I still think they probably hold on to him. And I think part of the reason for that is they've been they've been too good without him. You know, they're 11 games over 500. They're one and a half out from the one seed. So I think they've been just good enough that they could convince themselves, hey, we, we could still make the NBA Finals while getting a zero from our second best player in Ben Simmons. And of course, it's really enticing to think, well, what if we flip that guy into, you know, a someone like even a Karis LeVert? You know, if that's the best guy you get back in a Ben Simmons trade, that's probably pretty disappointing. But you add Karis LeVert to this Sixers team, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe that's the best team in the Eastern Conference the rest of the way. So it just depends if, if Daryl Morey is going to be okay with lowering his expectations. The thing is, based on everything we've read and everything that he said publicly, that's not going to be the case. So unless some team is, is willing to give up a player who otherwise has not been available until now, I, I think they stand pat and, and they think that they can maybe still make the East Finals or maybe even the NBA Finals without Ben Simmons, and we end up revisiting this you know, in August or September. Nick, real quick here, we got about 25 seconds or so. If you had to call your shot now, what's your finals matchup and who wins it all? Well, I'm sitting here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I have to go with the Bucks. I still think when everybody's healthy, that team is going to be really, really tough to beat. They've played zero games, actually, this year, if you count Brooke Lopez, with everyone healthy. If he comes back, I think they make it out of the East. And in the West, I mean, I've been hesitant to buy in on the Suns, but... Man, I mean, this is their second winning streak now of at least 11 games. They're they're running away from the rest of the field, even as the Warriors play well. I'm going to go Bucks suns rematch. You can find him over at RotoWire. He's their NBA editor. You can find him on Twitter at Waylon. Use a one instead of an L. He is Nick Waylon. Nick, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. We will take, yeah, we'll do some updates on this UCLA and Arizona game. Arizona out to an early lead in that one halfway through the first. And we'll also circle back to some of those win totals as well. Primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action, Matt Brown, Adam Burke, and Ben Wilson in tonight here on a Thursday. Early action here in UCLA in Arizona, and it is uh, it is going Arizona's way in this thing, Adam. That's an understatement. Yeah, I, I would say it's definitely going Arizona's way. And, you know, look, I mean, I, I kind of mentioned this off air a little bit or maybe right at the tail end of the segment we were talking about this game. When Arizona played UCLA, they really hadn't stepped up in class in a long time, and it showed they very much look ready for this game tonight. As we go to break there with 7.41 left in the first half, it is 28-19 in favor of Arizona. And honestly, it feels like it should be more. Now, every time we've looked up, it has been, it has been all uh, Arizona. But right now, currently, UCLA shooting terribly from the field. They are 8 of 24 from the floor. They are 1 of 8 from downtown. If you are wondering, Adam, that is 12.5% from three. Yeah, and you sort of wonder here. I mean, you know, they were down 28-14, went on a little 5-0 mm-hmm. run right before the under-8 timeout there. Um, you know, look, from a live betting standpoint, I mean, you look at Arizona, who's shooting 61%. You look at UCLA, who's shooting 33%. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you kind of start wondering here, does this kind of level off a little bit? And, and maybe, 
maybe this is a time to to see what that UCLA live number looks like? Yeah, because, I mean, it's one of those things where it's it's not like UCLA's out there just handing the ball over to Arizona. They're not turning it over a ton. They're just not shooting very well right now, and that seems to be something they could, you know, maybe get back towards their direction again. 33% from the floor and then 12.5% from three. That's not going to likely sustain, so maybe there there is some sort of live betting option there. What are we looking at, Ben, on the live line in that one? Yeah, as of uh, right now, with with this great uh, early start here, I mean, you've got, I mean, I'm seeing already now up to 11 and a half on, on Arizona. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. remember, there was a lot of late money to the Cats. Yeah. So, I mean, up to seven and a half. Maybe, you know, could, you could argue that could even be higher. 154 and a half now is our uh, total there. 11 and a half would be tempting, at least for me right now, I think. I think it's interesting. Arizona, by yeah. the way, three for seven at the free throw line. So a As lovely well, start right? for them yeah. the stripe. Yeah, I mean, like, so they've left a lot of points on the board already. I mean, on the floor already. That's interesting. Like, little, like I'm a little surprised in a sense that is not you know, tick higher. But right. They're, I'm certainly the respect in the market for UCLA. I'm sure, you know. As we talked about earlier, it's like, well, you're already getting seven and a half. Mm. Now live, it's like, oh, UCLA, like, they'll find a way to come back. You know, it's the, the general thought here. Oh, get, take double digits. Why not? Let's uh, circle back to the win totals. We got to the Eastern Conference. We didn't get to the Western Conference, so I certainly want to, to, to bring that up as well whenever we look back at those, the adjusted win totals. And, and you know, look, it is – we understand how good that some of these teams in the Western Conference are, right? I mean, we are looking at the the Suns, their adjusted win total sitting at 61 and a half. I mean, just just astronomical, right? I mean, 61 and a half, and then the over is, is minus 135. Uh, Warriors, 57 and a half. Grizzlies, 52 and a half. The Mavs are sitting at 45 and a half. Nuggets, 45 and a half. Timberwolves, 42 and a half. Blazers, 35 and a half. Spurs, 31 and a half. Pelicans, 31 and a half. And then the Rockets, at 24 and a half. The Spurs was one of the very favorite amongst all of my NBA betting friends heading into the season to take the over on the Spurs. I think preseason the Spurs were somewhere in that mid-20s range, and now you see the adjusted win total all the way up to 31 and a half. That was one that I I know several people were on, and it seems like they were definitely on the right side with that one. Yeah, and, and look, as I mentioned earlier with uh, the, the pick on the Spurs tonight, plus the six at the bad number where you know the number just kind of kept running mm-hmm. out while Miami was a little bit healthier tonight. But the Spurs have underachieved by seven games. I mean, they're 19 and 33. They're Pythagorean win loss, 26 and 26. So they're playing yeah. like a 500 team from a point differential standpoint. They just haven't been able to secure the victories. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of criticism of, of Greg Popovich and, and kind of wondering where this team goes from here. Uh, but, look, the reality is they should have a better record than they currently do. It's just a matter of if you want to buy into that or not. So that Suns number sitting, they need to get to 62 wins. They have 41 wins right now. So they need to win 21 of their remaining games in order to get to the over. If we kind of look at their remaining strength of schedule, they are way down at 26th. So they have one of the very easiest schedules remaining in all of the NBA. They need, again, they need to win 21 of their remaining 32 games. I think that they probably could with that, but again, it comes down to it does come down to motivation really down the down the stretch, right? Because I mean they're they're three games up right now on Golden State. If Golden State doesn't get markedly better over the course and of, you know, let's say the next two or three weeks or something like that, and, and then Phoenix looks up and they're five, six games clear of Golden State, there is there uh, there does come some some load management stuff involved in all of these things like that, which that's the only thing that would 
that would at least hold me back a little bit, right, on that on that number. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And especially, too, making the deep run to the NBA Finals last year. You know, obviously, COVID kind of shifted mm-hmm. some timelines and all that. Guys haven't had the same kind of recovery time, the same sort of routines and everything. You know, if you're a Suns team who, you know, you're going into, into April and you're up three or three and a half games or four games or whatever on the top seed, you know, what is your incentive to keep pushing that hard and keep pushing that far? And, and to that end, too, also for Golden State. You know, I mean, Clay Thompson just coming back. He's not playing a lot of back-to-backs and all that. You know, Steph Curry shouldered a lot of the load. But, you know, look, you don't have a Kevin Durant anymore. You know, you don't have Draymond Green contributing at the same level that he used to or anything like that. And, of course, he's been banged up, too. You know, do the Warriors really push that hard to get over 58? I think that's a pretty reasonable question, too. Do we – is there a reason some of these teams are missing off of here, Ben? Do you have any idea what's uh, what's going on with, with that? So there, yeah. Each I mean, each conference there were. It's interesting. We we have also the you know like the yes no playoff mm-hmm. odds. So, interestingly, significantly more teams off the board on the yes no playoffs, and a lot of teams that were like right in the six seven eight seed range, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Than there were with the win total teams. So there in both of those markets, there's a few off the board, but interestingly, significantly more are off in the yes no playoffs market, which. I'm I'm a little surprised by it. it's a little right. more consistent on the win total. Yeah, us. it's because uh, it, I mean obviously notably the LA teams are, are are not on there. Utah not on there as well from a from a win adjusted win total standpoint in the Western Conference. They're side not of things. in uh, the playoff. Yes, no playoffs. So they're also out as well. And those are you know those are teams that are I mean right in the middle, especially the LA teams. And I imagine what we're looking at here is with the kind of injury situation lurking and what's going on and not there without there being a ton of clarity on all that. Maybe they're just like, okay, we're going to, we're going to pull these down right now. Yeah, certainly. And, and, you know, I mean, it, it's a situation where for them, I mean, what, what's your big incentive to, to go ahead and put that off, especially with all the injury considerations. I want to ask you about one team on this list here where they're at 52 and a half with their updated season win total. That's the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, obviously John Morant is, is an elite level player and does special things pretty much night in and night out. What do you think about the supporting cast? I mean, is this a team here sitting at 36 and 18? They are three games better than their Pythagorean win-loss record for what it's worth. But do you think this is a team that, that can get up there at the 53 win mark? So 28 remaining games for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are currently sitting with 36, and they have the easiest schedule remaining in the entire NBA. I kind of lean, lean towards them being able to – close it out here. I, I mean, I was a doubter of this team. I doubted them for as long as I could to the point where now I just have to like agree with what my eyes see as opposed to what I, what I feel on the inside. I mean, this team just continues to go out. They are giving everybody hell every single night. Even games they lose, they're giving the, the, the other team hell whenever they lose those games. And I think that we are in the midst of seeing some of these players go from being guys that we thought were going to be that were going to be good to actually being true stars and superstars and things like that on on this Memphis team. And so it would be tough for me when you've got, you know, Ja averaging 26 points a game. You're getting Dylan Brooks to give you chip in and get 18 and Desmond Bain to get 18. Jaron Jackson coming through with 17 a game as well. I mean, this isn't like a team that is completely reliant. It's not like a Lakers team that essentially is goes by how – only how LeBron does, right? I mean, it's like it's how LeBron goes, that team goes. I mean, there's there are a lot of guys contributing on a nightly basis for for this Grizzlies team, and so I, I think it's pretty tough for us to doubt them really anymore at this point. Well, and that's what I was getting at is the depth because that's a big thing for me when it comes to MLB season mm-hmm. win totals, and, and God only knows what those will look like, you know, with everything going on with the lockout. But 
depth is such a big thing for me. I do not want a team that is reliant on one or two players. And obviously it's different in baseball, the 26-man yeah. roster. But the Grizzlies, if something happens to Morant, he rolls an ankle, he's out a couple of weeks. It's not like this team suddenly craters like right. some of the other teams could. So that's kind of what I was getting at was, was looking at the depth of these teams. And again, as I mentioned, with that trade deadline coming up, Make sure you take a look at not only the rumor mill, but also, you know, does the team have the ability to add based on the salary cap and all that? So with their remaining games, they would have to go 17 and 11. And again, that's 17 and 11 with the easiest schedule in the NBA remaining. And so I, I find it. I find it very tough to bet the no. I would kind of bet the yes that they would be able to go 17 and 11. Again, you know, now a couple of injuries and then it could completely derail everything. But like you mentioned, I mean, even one injury, I think that this this team is deep enough to overcome that. Well, and that's a really good point, too, about the remaining strength of schedule. Absolutely something that you have to take a look at if you want to dive into not only these NBA win total markets, but the futures market in general of trying to figure out where these teams will be slotted with the seating by the time the playoffs roll around. And, some of the, and one of the bonuses of playing a very weak schedule down the stretch is you will get some of these bad teams that then shift their focus as well as to more tanking and losing games as well. So that works in your favor even more as we are looking at all this. We'll talk about the scores in the NBA and college basketball as well when we come back. Primetime action. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action here on VEASAN. Matt Brown, Adam Burke, and Ben Wilson behind the glass. Ben, why don't we take a look here? Because I don't think UCLA scored since last time that we were talking about this. It doesn't look like it anyway. That would that would appear to uh, to be an issue, yeah. Matt. Last time I checked, it's good to score uh, in yeah. a basketball game to have a chance of winning. Uh, it is tw- 28. Uh, let's see. As, of, as I'm seeing right now, let me just get this updated because I want to make sure. Oh, you're seeing into the future. 
Uh, it is. They've gotten six points. So. Well, you saw. I, oh no, I thought maybe you saw into the future. No, no, no. I, I just wanted to make sure I had the correct uh, up-to-date number because it was a little lower than what I thought it would be, and it is 15 and a half live, 42-25. So since we last checked, mm-hmm. a grand total of six regulation basketball points scored uh, by UCLA. Total 153 and a half. Remember, there was some, you know we had a couple guys on saying mm-hmm. you know could this be a you know, lean to the under here, and that was what 148, 148 and a half. So you're uh, you're pacing a little bit uh, to the over there right now. Yeah, this uh, the the poor shooting for UCLA has continued so far as we head towards the end of the first half. About a minute 45 left in the first half, though they do get an and one right here, so they can try and chip away at that Arizona lead. But they're really going to have to turn around the second half. They are shooting so incredibly poorly. I got an important update for you here. Italy minus 163 live. At uh, a faraway found place, it. I found one out there. One of the European books. Seven six uh, Italy in the sixth end. Constantini with a beautiful takeout attempt. Wow, that is some gorgeous curling right there. If you are wondering why we are talking curling here, because Ben has a bet on the curling in that we are watching right now. If you wanted to, uh, you know, second screen UC, U, USA network, there is uh, it was this mixed doubles. Curling. Round robin. Round robin. Day three bonspiel. The day three bonspiel is what we're we're watching right now. And and honestly, we're going to have Ben do an entire podcast on curling next Winter Olympics because I learned so much from you over the last two days. How when you huck the – when you huck the puck, how you got to curve it. And and the guy – that's sitting there shoveling the snow on the way that this, that is down there is like, can help it either go help it go faster and can also help it go straighter, but not curve it. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe the broom sweeping of the pebbled ice as shoveling per se, but you're, you're close. (laughs) Maybe they could start show. What if you flipped the broom upside down? (laughs) Oh, you said you can't slow a, a stone down. What if you flipped the broom upside down and you started scraping ice in front of it to slow it down? Did I just invent something in curling? I think you you should go out to your local rink, which there are many of in Las Vegas, Nevada, and try it sometime, Matt. Uh, one, I don't think that's true. I, I'm gonna. I think that's false. There are a lot of curling places here oh, in man. Las Vegas, but I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and say that that's false. That's a, not a very good hammer there from Norway. horrible hammer by the Norwegians, and we just stole two with Italy without yeah, having the hammer. Ben Wilson's a curling sharp. Plus money, he gets plus uh, money on the Italians. On yes. the Italians, that's really good. Let's go. Yes, I like that. Uh, so are you gonna are you gonna retire at one and zero, or are you just <laughs> gonna keep keep playing this out? No, I'll, I I have to retire. <laughs> you could you could say I am I am a hundred percent lifetime betting curling until I start my podcast where it'll be a joint podcast on curling and then Mikhail, one of our audio engineers who is who is uh, from the overseas, loves F one. It's a dual curling F one podcast here at Veasan. I like that. That's what I think we'll have to do. So let's look at some of these touchdown markets, some of these other touchdown markets that are going to be available here for you to bet on the Super Bowl. These are more fun. So listen, we talk about sometimes you can just bet for fun. You can have some tickets in your account, especially in the Super Bowl. That is not – this is one of my – pet peeves Adam is that everybody wants to act like within this like betting bubble that we're in that 
every single bet you make has to be plus EV. And if you do anything other than that, then you're a complete donkey. And all this like, listen, some people are going to bet for fun. Some people are going to do this strictly for entertainment because they want to have multiple reasons to get happy during the course of a game especially the Super Bowl that they're going to be watching with everybody else and all their friends. I have absolutely no problem with people betting just some fun bets in the Super Bowl because, hey, that's what the Super Bowl is all. It's the last football game of the year. It's your last opportunity. If you want to have some fun bets in your account, who am I to say don't do that? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, look, to me, I think when you start out betting, you need to figure out what it is you want to achieve. Do you want yeah. to try and make money? Do you want it to be a supplement? Or do you just want to have fun with it? Right. You know, and, and certainly if you want to have fun with it, there's still a competitive portion exactly. of that. And, and look, as you said, I mean, you know, nobody says you have to bet a regular unit size you'd bet on the spread on some right. of these props. You know, right. you can have you know some fun money out there for sure, especially because you know, look, I mean, th- there's a reason why this is the last game of the year and why so mm-hmm. much is offered on it. You know, just be smart about it. Don't go, sp- you know, don't drop a thousand dollars on a prop, right? Just for the hell of it. You know, go right. out there and, and actually try to win certain things with your big bets, but also, you know, feel free to, to make some of those lower risk wagers as well. And some of these look, so we're gonna talk to some of these touchdown props that are available right now. And, and look, a lot of this stuff is 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 speculation, right? Like we can try to come to some sort of conclusion as to why we would bet it one way or the other, but really and truly it's speculation. It's fun bets, right? It's it's as you're sitting here, the first touchdown yardage over under seven and a half. Well, you know, the reason they offer this, Adam, and this is the reason why this will be bet and people will love betting this is because it's instant gratification. You're able to sweat the first touchdown. You don't care who scores it. You don't care what player scores it. You just want it to be either under or over seven and a half yards. Right now, the over is minus 105, the under minus 120. Of course, you're always going to lean towards under in something like this because Pass interference call at any point, pass interference in the end zone, get you at the one-yard line, all that in the NFL that completely changes the calculus than it does in college football. So you would lean always towards the under in this. That being said, we do have – we again, we do have the Bengals who have a gigantic play machine in Jamar Chase. We have seen huge long touchdowns from Cooper Cup before as well and all that. So I, I see why it's not near as shaded towards the under as maybe it would be with a couple of other teams that are out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be flipping coins on stuff like this, I, I guess I would kind of take a look at the over because yeah. you have two teams here that are probably going to look to take some shots from just outside the red mm-hmm. zone, something like that. You know, and I think both of us kind of agree that this will probably be a game that does feature a lot of pass attempts, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, I mean, it's a situation situation to me where a team gets into the red zone, they're at the 15, something like that. They'll take a shot for the end zone. And of course, then you run the risk of the PI and it winds up being an under. But you know, for me, I just, I kind of look at this one and I say, look, you have so many guys that can make plays at the wide receiver and even tight end positions that, you know, and also too, the juice is 15 cents cheaper. So you know, the over makes sense to me. Shortest touchdown is one that is always offered. It's always set at a yard and a half. Uh, You would be surprised at how many times like the, like we're mentioning, it shows up where a guy gets pass interfered in the end zone or some of these drives. It's pretty hard to score from the five. It's like, cause the, everything is so condensed on the field that you'll get a two yard run and then you get another two yard run. And the next thing you know, it's third and one from the one, you know, like, so we see this, this is a pro- po- very popular prop. It's every single year. And I have played this several, several times on the under uh, to much to, to much success, I would only play this on the under as well, knowing what we know just about the the nature of, and especially the way that they call pass interference these days. Yeah, my buddy Ralph Michaels actually mm-hmm. sent over a sheet of grading the results of the mm-hmm. last 12 Super Bowls. And in fact, in seven of the last nine, the under shortest touchdown has cashed, mm-hmm. under one and a half. 
So that speaks to your point yeah. that it has been something that, you know, has gone really well. And again, too, I think this is something that's really important to point out. When you talk about prop betting, right, if you're betting these to make money, you're going to want a lot more minuses than pluses. Yeah. You're going to want that. There's a reason why the under is minus 130, yes. as you just said. Seven of the last nine Super Bowls, there's been a touchdown of a yard or one right at the goal line, a half yard, whatever the mm. case may be. So there's a reason why that under is minus 130. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, that can't happen all that often. Well, actually, in the Super Bowl, it has. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too. I, that's a great point is if you're, you're – a lot of times we're, we're, we use this in air quotes, but, like, the the right side on a lot of these, you're going to have to lay. Like, it's just one of the you're, – you're just not going to see too many too many opportunities with plus money on a lot of these props because, again, the either the historical angle or, you know, again, we're just talking common sense here with the way the pass interference is called, with the way how it – Offenses can get get stalled inside, you know, the the red zone is specifically inside kind of the five because it's just tough whenever the defenses are all just jumbled in there to score. You see these teams get to the one-yard line more than you would even imagine. So just be prepared to lay kind of a minus 130 for a probably isn't bad. Like It's like it's not a bad number. I know you don't typically want to lay juice like that, and typically the casual better will shy away from something like that. But when you see a number, don't be scared just because it's a minus number. Right, absolutely. And like I said, seven of the last nine have been under one and a half, and three of the last five that have been over have been two-yard touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So it's been very, very close to the number for sure. Uh, longest touchdown Rams Bengals neither I'm playing the plus money on that one no matter what because hey look I'm not never playing the minus 160 on the Rams and you give me Jamar Chase who can get beat anybody in the world one-on-one and I get plus money on that I thought that would be closer to a coin flip I can't believe there's such a disparity in those two numbers yeah I agree I mean this this is strictly a price play yeah plus 115 for sure uh, longest touchdown, 42 and a half yards. I mean, that's about right, right? I mean, like I said, there were there were several different opportunities. There were several different times that Jamar Chase went from 50-plus out. This year, he had more 50-yard touchdowns than the next closest person at 25-yard touchdowns over the course of the year. And it really just, though, depends on how these teams play defense when it comes to when it comes down to it, which leads me a, l- a little bit towards the under here, Adam, because I do believe, like, we, we believe that the Bengals are going to play more off and more in coverage and stuff like that. So um, we'll we'll continue to talk through these on the other side here. I mean, there's a couple of other ones that are pretty interesting as well. Primetime action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.